Okay, you learn it along the way. It's like a necessity. Okay, so first and foremost, I just want to welcome all of you and thank you for coming, each and every one of you. It means a great deal to me, it means a great deal to us, and I think that, like we were speaking a little bit before, some of the chaver, I think it's the seeds of something that I know that I have, and I think and get the feeling that some of you, but I know that many, many more you than outside the context of this room, it's the seeds of something all of us have been waiting for, which I think is really a community of growth-oriented Jews that are looking to take the Yiddishkeit very seriously and to take it to the next level, not just in the sense of devoting more time to learning or trying to daven better or, you know, have a little bit more of a commitment, whether it comes to mitzvos, but beyond that, beyond that, not just in breadth, but in depth, to go within Shabbos that we're already keeping and to go within the experience of tefillin that we're already wearing and maybe not just to work on tefillin in the sense of getting a better understanding of what the words actually mean, but is there a greater and grander experience, spiritually speaking, that tefillah can open us up to? And I think that this kind of messaging is, is really best experienced among a group of Jews who by virtue and dint of their distinction externally, just in terms of age and background and stage, and that itself speaks to the fact that Pepinemius on the inside, it's mamash one. It's really bound together. And it makes no difference what your background is and it makes no difference which shul you daven in or what your religious affiliation may or may not be or what community you live in. It makes no difference. This kind of Torah speaks to a point within all of us which is identical. And that point is a point of yearning. And that point is a point of openness. And that point is a point that's, uh, that's constantly looking to find a way to enable Yiddishkeit to become an encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the truest, deepest way. So I think that this is just the very, 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 very beginning of something that Pesiat Rishmaya is going to hopefully, with Hashem's help, turn into, into something both in quantity and in quality that we can all be very excited about and very grateful for Pesiat Rishmaya. I know that I am for this opportunity to meet each of you individually, but we should have the feeling in this moment that this is... This is like the pioneer. This is like, you know, this is like the early days of, of a great thing, of a great movement, of a great return, of a great awakening. All through the teachings of Pimius Satorah, the tzaddikim, who foresaw 250, 300 years ago exactly what we were going to go through today and what we need to stay sane. Forget about like high religious level. Simply to stay sane and to find meaning in life in every moment, in our eating, in our drinking, in our sleeping, in our working, in our spousal relationships, with Hashem, again, right, more recent, and, uh, and, and what it means to be a parent, and what it means to be a friend, and so on and so forth, because we can live life on the level of context alone, and never really find a content that all that context is supposed to hold space for. And so, B'siyat HaDashmaya, I invite you, and I beg from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we should have the Siyat HaDashmaya together, to go ahead and to try to discover what is the content of Yiddishkeit. We understand what the framework looks like. We understand what we're supposed to do and the do's and don'ts. Okay, but what is it for? What is it for? Can we really, really begin to see Yiddishkeit as a portal to dveikas, to a true relationship with with our Creator, with our Father in Heaven, which I believe very strongly is the point of all of this. As Chazal say, Rahman Alibabai, Hashem is after the heart. Shira Shirim is all about love and romance and passion. And, uh, and a true and a true openness and a true spiritual experience with Hashem's help. So let's dive into our sources for tonight. And we begin with Hashem's help with this very enigmatic 
and incredible Gemara and Shabbos. It's, it's really, it's hard to believe. Honestly, I, I really think we could write a whole Kuntras, maybe even a Sefer on this Gemara alone, because it's so confounding. It's so difficult to understand. And let's go through it together. We'll try to understand it in the context of Shabbos and Parshas Noah, all with the help of the Master of the World. And again, filled with gratitude for each of you. So thank you for being here. Rav Shmuel Bar Achmeni says in the name of Rav Yonason, what is the reason that the Pasuk tells us, Ki ata avinu, it's a Pasuk in Nach, I'm forgetting exactly where, but the Pasuk tells us that Am Yisrael say to Hashem, Ki ata avinu, you're our father. You, Hashem, are our father. Ki Avram le'adanu. Because, ki ilu, it sounds as if Am Yisrael is saying, Avraham didn't know us. Vi Yisrael le'yaki renu. And it seems a reference to Yaakov Avinu didn't recognize us. Ah, but Atta Hashem Avinu But God, you alone, you're our true father. Avram didn't make the cut. Crazy, because we, we say Avram Avinu. Hey, thanks for coming, Akiva. We say Avram Avinu. There are source sheets if you want on the base medrash, on the right side, front table. But do you want to grab one or, or look on? It's as if Avram didn't make the cut. Yaakov Avinu, not, not worth it. Okay, but HaKadosh Baruch you're our father. Says the Gemara, There's going to come a day when Hashem says to Avram Avinu, Your descendants have sinned to me. What's Avram Avinu's response? The master of heaven and earth. Let them be wiped out. Let them be sacrificed for the sanctification of your name. To die al Kiddush Hashem. Now, that doesn't sound like a very Abrahamic thing to say. It's not Avram, Avram Avinu is the pillar of chesed. Like, really? It's so flippant? Like, not, no back and forth? Like, Sedayim he's willing to fight for. Okay, just wipe him out. Like, doesn't sound right. And so you have to look in the Mepharshim. There's so much, the morale and, 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 uh, and the Beneshchai goes very deeply into the Chidah. There's so much to say here. We don't have time to get into the, the nitty-gritty of it, but we'll try to get the picture. But just off the cut, I mean, it sounds very strange. Okay, so Amr so then Hashem turns away from Avram and he goes to Yaakov Avinu and he says the same thing. But this time Hashem assumes that Yaakov Avinu is going to respond in a little bit of a more favorable way to have a late Sargil because Yaakov Avinu understood what it was to have children that didn't behave so nicely. So maybe he's going to have gone through that experience and still have the fortitude to believe in Am Yisrael. Maybe he'll daven for them. So Hashem comes to Yaakov and he says the same thing. Your children sinned. Amalafanov, same thing. Wipe them out. Wipe them out. Amar says Hashem, The grandfather doesn't have any reason, and the grandchild, reference to Yaakov, is not either holding. Who's he going to go to next? There's only one Avlev. Amar leli Yitzchak. HaGadosh Baruch Hu comes to Yitzchak Avinu, and he says the same thing. Your children have sinned to me. So Yitzchak Avinu, very surprisingly, of course, because Yitzchak always represents the Midah of Din, the Midah of Gvura, strict judgment. This is not what we'd expect yet Yitzchak Avinu to fill this slot. He says, Master of Heaven and Earth, Banai? Balei Banecha? He says, they're, they're my children and not, not your children? Because Hashem said, Banecha Chatuli. Like, your kids are, are, are starting up with me. He says, they're my kids, they're not your kids? At our Sinai, when, when Am Yisrael stood up and they said, Nasa, we will do even before Nishma, even before understanding, Over there you were okay calling them my child. And now, 
He says, Now they're, they're my children, but you don't feel that you have that relationship, that connection with them? What happened here? He says, and he presses further, he says, listen to me. How much could they have sinned? Average, certainly back then, Right, but, but average, how long does a person live? Sachakol, 70 years he lives. Shivim shana. Dal esrin delay anashtalayu. Subtract 20 that they don't get punished for. So that's not part of the cheshbon. Take 20 away from 70. Pashul chamishim. So you're left with 50. The, the Gemara does the math for you. Right? In certain other Gemaras in Sukkah, you're not so lucky. Like over here, it like spells it out, like simple subtraction. It's good for guys like me, at least. Very creative person. Math is not my thing. But okay, so fine. The Gemara tells us you take away 20, you're left with 50. Now, of those 50, Dal take away 25, that it's the nighttime. Presumably people are sleeping. And the Gemara, the Mepharshim asks, what do you mean? The nighttime is the most sinful time. Okay, they deal with it. We can't get into every prat now. Take away 25. So how much you left? Pashalu ar They're left with 25 years. Now, dal tarte sre upalga. Take away 12 and a half. They're either praying three times a day, or they're using the restroom, or they're eating. Right? So they're not sitting when they're doing those things. Take uh, 12 and a half years away. Pashalu tarte sre upalga. You're left with 12 and a half years. Sachakal. Not 12 and a half years of sinning, 12 and a half years of the possibility that they may have been doing things that they shouldn't be doing. So he says like this, listen to this. If you're going to handle those 12 and a half years, mutaf, excellent. I'll take half and you'll take half. Between us, we'll, we'll divide and conquer, it'll be good. I'll, I'll cover for half, you'll cover for half. And says Yitzchak Takarish Baruch if you'll say that all of them should be on me, I already gave myself completely to you. I am yours. A reference to the Akedah, where Yitzchak Avinu went and sacrificed himself potentially. So he says, You put them all on me, there is no me. I already gave myself to you. Then Am Yisrael announced, Okay, Ki Ata Avinu. Yitzchak, you're our father. You're our father. And Amalehem Yitzchak, Yitzchak says, Ad sha'ata mekalsam li, before you start praising me, look up to the heavens and praise the master of heaven and earth. And Yitzchak Avinu hints to them, look up with his eyes. Amazing Gemara, look up. With his blind eyes, you might remember. Because Yitzchak couldn't see. So dafka, blind eyes. There's so much in this Gemara. I'm telling you, we, we go on for hours. We have a lot to accomplish. Be'ez HaShem. Immediately Am Yisrael look up to the heavens. And then they say this Pasuk, Ata HaShem Avinu. Because in the beginning they were saying, Ki Ata Avinu, they're referring to Yitzchak. After Yitzchak tells them, don't praise me, praise HaShem. They say, HaShem, okay, you're our father. It's, a, it's one of the most incredible Gemaras that, that really on so many levels is problematic. The most basic problem we already hinted to, we do not expect this, not from Avram, not from Yaakov, but also not from Yitzchak. We don't expect Avram to, to be so callous and say, give Am Yisrael away, but we don't either expect Yitzchak to be the great defender. Yitzchak is strict judgment. He's, he's not playing games to come ahead and try to cover. I'll take half, you'll take half which is also one of the reasons that I saw brought down, just there's so many Ramazim, but one reason perhaps that we split the middle matzah, dafka by Pesach, it's the middle matzah that we take and we break in half, 
And one of the reasons given is that the three matzahs correspond to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The middle matzah corresponded to Yitzchak. Yitzchak's the one who said, half on me, half on you. So by, 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 by the Pesach Seder, we want to awaken that kind of limutzchus. We break the matzah in half because that's the Indian of Yitzchak based on this Gemara. Okay, there's a lot to say. Let's put that aside for a moment. Have that in the back of our, of our head. And let's launch in to this Pasuk in Bereshis, the very first time that we find a reference to Shabbos. Kodesh. And I just want to also acknowledge everybody who's on the Zoom. Thank you guys so much for joining. Whoever's watching on Facebook Live, mamasha privilege. A big yichud is happening here. UK and our Israel and America. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Thanks for being a part of it. Says the Heilige Pasuk in Bereshis. Hashem blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because it was on Shabbos that Hashem seized from all the work and all the labor of creating the world in the first six days. He stopped. He rested. And Hashem sanctified and blessed Shabbos. The Gemara tells us what's sanctified and blessed. What's Vayivarich Vayikadesh? Rashi brings over there, based on the Gemara, that the Gemara says that it's a reference to the man. That the man did not fall on Shabbos, Vayikadesh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that Shabbos is not a time that the man is going to fall. So then where did they get man from in the desert to eat on Shabbos? Erev Shabbos fell twice. That's Vayivarich. So Vayivarich Elikim Asiyam Ashvi Vayikadesh Oisai is Hashem blessed the man doubly to fall on Friday because because Shabbos was, was sanctified in the sense that the man did not fall. That's what the Gemara tells us based on these two words. The Baal Turim points out an amazing thing. There are three times in the entire Tanakh that we find these two words next to each other. This expression. This is the days before computers. He wasn't Googling this. Can you imagine to be able to say that definitively? It's also a crazy story that the Balaturim wrote the whole Sefer Balaturim on the Torah, which is a very interesting commentary, which basically points out how many times these, you know, this word comes up and where it is. He wrote it in one night, they say. They say he wrote it in one night. There's a whole story because that would make sense. Like what? When else was he doing this? They say in one night he sat, went through the entire Tanakh, and in his head he was able to write down exactly how many times things showed up. Amazing thing. Three times this formulation of Ayyavarich Elikim shows up in Tanakh. Hacha, the first time is here in reference to Shabbos. God blessed Shabbos, number one. The Idach, and the other time is in our parsha. Ayyavarich Elikim as Noyach. Hashem blessed Noyach. We're going to re read the context of these psukim in a minute. The Idach, and the third time, Ayyavarich Elikim as Yitzchak. After Avram Avinu died, passed away, was nostalgic. The Pasuk tells us that Hashem blessed Yitzchak. Let's look at these Pesukim inside, just to get a little bit of context. The first Pasuk, which is in our Parsha, Parsha's Noyach, the Pasuk says, After the Mabal is over, Noyach and his children leave the Teva, Hashem blessed Noyach and told him, as Bonav and his children, and he told him, be fruitful and multiply, have children, fill the world with humans, because there was no other humans. It was just Nayach and his children and their wives. And Hashem was telling them, establish humankind again. And he gave them that blessing. That's the second time that we find these words, the first time being in reference to Shabbos. The third time is in reference to Yitzchak Avinu. Says the Pasuk later on, it shouldn't say Bereshus 1 9, it's a mistake, it's, it's, a, it's a Pasuk later on. It was after Avraham had passed on. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed Yitzchak. Vayeshev Yitzchak in Be'er Lachai Ra'i. And Yitzchak settled in Be'er Lachai Ra'i. This is the third time that this formulation, Vayevarich Eliyim, shows up. The first in reference to Shabbos, the second in reference to Noyach, and the third in reference to Yitzchak Avinu. Journey with me into the world of Berdichev, into the city of Berdichev, into these narrow, twisted, cobblestone streets. In a time before technology, in a time when, when night comes, it's night, and when morning comes, it's morning, and when there's an air of sanctity in the narrow alleyways. And let's journey together to the base medrash of the Berdichevers, Chosiyah Gunalainu, the Kedusha Slavi. Says the Heligat Sadik. Mama, should open your hearts to this piece. I'll tell you the truth. The first time I learned Sefer Gedusha Slavi was 10 years ago. And I made a lot of notes in the Sefer, as I like to do in Svarim that I'm working on. And the pieces that really spoke to me, so I made a mark next to, and if they spoke to me a lot, of, you know, a lot, so I would make like two arrows. My, all my Svarim are underlined, came out like there's nothing that's not underlined, and highlighted in the whole thing. And this year, one of my projects is I'm, I'm reviewing Kedusha Slavi. And it's astounding to me that there are pieces that I must have either not understood or, 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 or didn't speak to me at that point in the journey that this time are my favorite pieces and I'm mind blown over them. This is one of them. I push it, I have no notes, I have no underlines, I have no checks, I don't know. It's like, I didn't, I didn't get it. And, and I've been learning this piece, Mamish, even though it's from last week's Parsha, every day. Mamish, I cannot stop thinking about this teaching. Let's learn it together. The Pasuk says at the very end of Bereshis, V'noyach matzachin be'ene Hashem, noyach found grace in the eyes of God. Says the Berdichever, for this line it was worth coming tonight, I believe. For this line alone. Im adam moitzichin be'ene Hashem, ozhu noyach. If a person feels that they find grace in the eyes of Hashem, their perception of the way that God perceives of them is okay. They're okay by Hashem. That gives a person comfort. This line is enough because I think it really captures what it is that we're after. Isn't this all we need? Isn't this all we need to know that we're, we're good? That we're good? That we live our life against the backdrop of being okay with all of who we are. And obviously that means we have to put in the ishtadlis to try to work and to do our avoiders and, and, and so on and so forth. But isn't that the feeling that all of us are after? You lay down in bed at night and, you, and, and there's a menucha, there's an existential comfort of knowing that you're okay in the, in the highest, most grand objective of the capital O sense of the word. You're okay. Says the Berdichev, that's Pshat in the Pasuk. Noyach matzachin be'eni Hashem. Not that Noach found grace in the eyes of God and Hashem loved Noach. He says, Noach, there's no greater menucha. There's no greater comfort than matzachin be'eni Hashem. Than to know that you're okay by Hashem. Amazing line. Behi matzachin be'eni Hashem. Parenthetically, don't want to get caught up in this point, but parenthetically, Fascinatingly enough, there's a Pasuk that's the exact contrast of this, which is a reference to Er. Er, son of Yehuda, brother of Onan. 
the Pasuk says, did what was rab in Hashem, what was, what was not okay in the eyes of, the, in the eyes of God. And I, I actually heard, I think it was from Absalomo Katz, I think, that I say this over Bishem. I'm wondering if he got it from a, a, a safer, I don't know, I have, to, I have to follow up with him. But I once heard him say that the eyes are like a mirror. Rabbi Nachman has a Torah about this also. The eyes reflect. They reflect. If you look deeply into a person's eye, you see yourself. It's a very deep thing. The eyes reflect like a mirror. And a mirror, what a mirror does is it causes words, letters, to flip around. So if you're wearing a sweatshirt that says whatever it says, in the mirror, it's the same letters, but it's just the other way around, right? It flips, it's reversed. It says an amazing thing. Noach matzachim be'ene Hashem. Do you know why Noach was a tzaddik? Because when Noach looked at himself in the eyes of Hashem, the letters Noach flipped around, spalchim. So when he looked at Hashem, he saw himself as being okay. And that gave him the strength to be a tzaddik. But Er, the son of, the son of Yehuda, when he looked in the reflective eyes of Hashem, he saw Ra, Rabbi in Hashem. And that, that's what led. Do you understand? It was a self-labeling. It was why, a self-perception. Why is it a self-perception? Doesn't it say, in other months, Hashem, that's objective, no? If sure, sure, that's an objective truth. Sure, it is. Sure, it is. Of course, it is. Of course, it is. The question is: This Tyra, which I said is parenthetic, is not the same exact thing. Says, well, where do you get the strength to do the objective right in the eyes of Hashem? It begins first with a with a self definition. You hear? It begins with a first with 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 not allowing society or experiences or mistakes or or whatever we go through to label us and lock us into a certain perception that will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So Shlomo's Tyra comes before this Tyra. In Echanami, the Bhutichiver is saying that, that that's the ultimate objective goal that we're striving for, to really find in Echanami. But the question is, what comes first? The question is what comes first. Okay, fine. And this is what we say, Magin Avraham, which literally means the shield of Abraham, the shield of Avraham Avinu. We refer to the Avos in the beginning of, in the beginning of Shemana Esra, and we end Barachat Hashem, Magin Avraham. What does it mean on a literal level? It means Hashem guards Avraham, protects Avraham. But he says, no, it means something deeper. What it means is Avraham Avinu represents the Midah of Chesed, the trait of loving kindness. You know what we're saying when we say Magin Avraham? Not that Hashem shields Avraham, but that there's no greater shield for the Jewish nation than Avraham, meaning the Midah of Chesed. That's what it means. We say Magin Avraham, Baruch Atah Hashem, that Magin, you protect the Jewish nation with Avraham. You hear the difference? With the Midah of Chesed, not that you protect Avraham, you protect us with the trait of loving kindness that's embodied by Avraham Avinu. He protects us from that kind of attribute. And the same thing, and this is we get to the point of Shabbos, and we also have an expression when we say that Hashem is which again means on a literal level, the protector of David HaMelech, but says the Berdich it means much deeper. Because David is also representative of a trait, of a midah with which Hashem would protect the Jewish nation. What's the midah of David HaMelech? Malchus, kingship. How does Hashem protect us with kingship? 
De David humidas malchus kiadua. David Amalek represents this aspect in which Hashem is our king. Besifre Kodesh, as is known from all the holy works. And Hashem protects us and holds space for us through the lens and the prism of this relationship that he has with us on the level of being a king, which means, because Hashem created the world so that he could be a king over the world. Why? Because the Ramchal tells us, there is no king without a nation. He cannot be a king without a nation. You can't. You can be a slave master. But if you just king over one person, you're not a king. A king has a nation. So that means that the premise of this, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in a certain sense, is simply so that the aspect in which he is the king could come to expression and manifestation. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps the nation without whom he would lack the opportunity to express his kingship. In a certain sense, what we do for him, with this Hashem protects us. That no matter what our circumstance is, no matter what we're going through, no matter how much we're failing to live up to the standard that we're trying to reach, at the very basis of our identity, beyond what we may or may not be doing, we hold value in as much as we exist because it is through us that Hashem has the opportunity to be called a king. It's a very elemental protection, meaning when all else is lost, Hashem protects us through the midah of Malchus, mugging David. What's the protection? That even if we're not worthy and even if we're undeserving, but we are, meaning we exist as human beings, what's value in that? Just a human being, the potential to crown Hashem king over us. And with that, Hashem says, it's worth keeping you around. You hear this? This is a different Haganah than Chesed. Chesed means, okay, Hashem just, you know, He loves us. M more clear, more, more sharp? Chesed isn't about, oh, we're doing a couple. Chesed is the potential. The root of Chesed is the potential. The root of Din is not about the war, we're going to give you a smack. Din is the absurdity about the fact that we don't deserve it. Right. It's not about your, or you're, you're the, the bad cop now. Chesed is the potential for the future. Din is the reality of the fact that we have no right to exist. So Chesed and Malchus is very, very, and it come up the same thing. Interesting. Okay, fine. You want to say that Magin Avram and Magin David is two ways of, of, of expressing the same thing. The Redditor seems to make a chilik between them, and we'd have to spend more time than we have now. <laughs> we, have to, we have to move, and there's so much to talk about here, and we're going to talk for Bezar Shem in the weeks to come and forever and all eternity. And Yerushalayim Rekadish, Bemeri Baimenu, Bezar Shem at the third base of tomorrow, tonight already. Um, but after the year, no, I'm kidding. Right now, but 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 the Nakuda, he seems to make somewhat of a distinction between them. So we have to give thought as to, as to why, you know. So what is Mag, what, so why does it say Magen David? Why does it say Magen Avram? Okay, fine. But this Indian of Magen David means that Hashem protects us in a very elemental way, very very elemental way. If you're here in the world, you gotta you gotta you got you have already a verification mark on you, and that verification mark means you play a very important role in the world. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs you in a certain sense. And as much as he needs anything, which of course he doesn't, he needs you. He needs you. Because it's through you and through us that he can reveal his kingship even on a bad day. 
by having human beings in the world that have the potential to recognize him. This is the Haganah, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects Am Yisrael through the Midah of Malchus, and that's called Mugging David. And with this we can understand the Medrash that says, That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, literally it means Hashem seized, completed, like from the word kol, he stopped. On the seventh day. That's what it means on a literal level, says the Medrash. The word Vayichal could mean concluded or completed, but it could also be seen as a derivative of the word Kilayon, which means to yearn. You ever heard the terminology Kilayon Enayim? Or Nichsefavigam Kulsa Nafshi, a tremendous yearning. Says the Medrash, you know what it means? Not that God concluded his work on the seventh day. Vayichal Alikin Vayamashvi, Hashem yearned. On the seventh day. What does this mean? Says the Bredichever. Shekosav b'yoyim azayin melachtai ayin sham. That's what the Medrash says. Hashem yearned for his creation on the seventh day. But akavana, what that means is malchmus. The Shabbos, who malchus kanada because fearizal. Shabbos represents this aspect of malchus. That's why I refer to Shabbos as Shabbos malchusa. Shabbos is the Shabbos queen. Shabbos is the, is the level of Malchus. Without getting into the depth of it now, Shabbos is the seventh day and the seventh Midah in the Spheros is Malchus without getting into it. Shabbos is Malchus. Says the Bredichver, that's the meaning of the Medrash. What did God yearn for in creating the world? The Midah, the trait represented by the seventh final day, which was now there's a creation that has the capacity to crown Hashem king. And that's God's ultimate objective. That's what he yearned for on the seventh day. Not that he concluded his work on the seventh day. The seventh day captures the manifestation of God's objective, his rutzon, his will to create the world. Okay, that comes to fruition on the seventh day. Sof masa, what manifests at the end of the creative process reflects his initial desire. What was his initial desire? To be called a king, to be able to represent, to, to be able to express his kingship. And that is manifest in the seventh day, which is Shabbos. Hakavana again, Machmas to Shabbos, who Malchus, Kareda, Bekitzvi, Arizal. Shabbos is Malchus. On Shabbos, when Hashem focuses on that trait of Malchus, and a king, of course, like we said, needs a nation. So on the seventh day, everything that had been created was ready to express Hashem's interest in creation, his motive, his objective, his desire. Because Shabbos is the meat of Malchus, meaning finally now, with the world, with a plethora of different creations, and certainly the human, the human enterprise, human beings, Hashem's objective can come to fruition, where He is finally being able to be called a king, a Melech. The Koisiv Malach de Asher Asa, as the Pasuk continues, which is a reference to the physical world, the world of Asiya, the world of action. Man, in this world, we represent the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate objective of Hashem's creation of all of this is us right now in this moment, you and me, as we are in our potential capacity to recognize that there's a king in this world, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the king. Because 
the ikr, the primary expression of Hashem's kingship is that man who exists in this world serves Hashem. As is brought in the holy works. Because to the malachim above, there's, there's, no, there's no big chiddush, there's no big novelty that they serve God. Of course they serve God. They have no any inclination to do anything other than to do the will of God. So what did God really desire? He really desired what was manifest on the seventh day, which is the midah of Malchus and the culmination of creation within which man could finally stand up and serve as the nation to crown Hashem king. To be a mazayin, who is stakless ha-malchus, kasaf, oilam Hashem yearned for the, for, for the created world, do adam man, shaba oilam in this world, nekra adam oilam And it's a reference to that, asher asa, is a reference to man, shal yudeze nekra shmei melech, ki melech hua yudei am v'havin. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called Melech. So, of course, again, we, we're a little bit rushed for time. What's the connection between the first part of this piece, of this teaching, and the second part? It seems to be, right, again, the first part he starts with, when does man find grace in the, in the eyes of Hashem? Or, or when does man have true menucha when he finds grace in the eyes of Hashem? And then all of a sudden he launches into this whole thing about Hashem desiring the seventh day, Magin David, that's Hashem protects us through this aspect of David that we represent the, the, the opportunity for Hashem's malchus to be revealed. What's the kesher? The kesher is very simple. The kesher is very simple and the kesher is very deep. And I think this is what I missed the first time, which is why I didn't appreciate this peacefully. And I'm sure, by the way, in 10 years, I'll revisit this and I'll have a whole new understanding. And I hope you'll still be with me. We'll learn it together. But at this moment in time, this is what it appears to me. Noyach is a reference to Shabbos. The Zarekadosh says, Eilu told us Noyach, Noyach is Tzadik. The Zarekadosh says, Shabbos de la and Shabbos de la Sata. There are two Noachs. Eilu told us Noach, Noach, two times. One is a reference to what the Zarekadosh says is a Shabbos above, and one is what the reference, that the Zarekadosh refers to as a Shabbos below. Why? What's the connection? Because the word Noach is connected to the word Menucha, which means rest, which was the prediction of his whole Torah, right? Noach, Matzachein ve'en Hashem. When do you have Menucha? But ba Shabbos, ba Menucha. Shabbos is the day of Menucha. Chever, listen to this. Open your heart to the deepest depth in the world, Mamish. Listen to this. I think this is the Pshad and the prediction. Right? When all is lost, when all else is lost, how do I have the capacity to still feel okay? To still feel like I'm worth something, even when I'm undeserving. We said before the mugging David, the aspect of the fact that Hashem put me in this world and created the whole world so that I could be here with Adra, with my Yitzhahara, not like the Malach, because that he didn't desire, with all of my humanity, so that I have the potential, the potential to work on myself so that I can try to let God in and serve Amazing thing. Shabbos, therefore, in its encapsulation and reflection of the Midah of Malchus with which Hashem protects us, captures the ultimate, ultimate Menucha. Because it is what allows me to be Moitzechein in It is what allows me to feel that even when I have nothing else, this I have. What is this? I'm a human being. 
And in as much as I'm a human being and not an angel, with all of my difficulties, that is exactly what allows me to define myself as a human being. This is very deep. I hope I'm communicating it clearly, properly with Hashem's help. In as much as I'm a human being, therein lies a limutzchus on me, in and of my humanity, with all my mistakes and all my confusion and all my, my anxiety and, and angst, is that Hashem wanted human beings. Hashem dafka wanted human beings. And if you would be an angel all the time, you wouldn't register. It's amazing. You wouldn't register. So you as you, in this given moment, and me as me, have in, in, inherently and that as human, I have the opportunity to give something to God that nobody else without Yetzirah, without struggles, without challenges, without difficulties, without pain, without tragedies, without, that I couldn't give. And that's why Noah is connected to Shabbos, because Shabbos captures the ultimate menucha that is found when? Noah, when we know that we're worth it. Is this coming across clear? Do you hear the connection between these two parts of the British River? I'll try. I'll try. That's Hashem's help. And then we have to move a little bit for forward. We have, we have three essential concepts. We have the concept of Noah as Noah himself. Noah, as his name captures the concept of Menucha, which is rest, and rest being associated with Shabbos. What's the connection between Noah, rest, and Shabbos? Because we said, you know what the greatest source of Menucha is, of comfort is, of rest is? When we know that we're worth it, when we know that we, we matter. We re in an existential sense, we mamish matter. But sometimes we don't feel that way. Sometimes we don't feel like we deserve to matter. Sometimes we don't feel that we're living up to standards. Sometimes we, we, we feel pretty down on ourselves. But the answer is that Shabbos encapsulates the point where even if we are undeserving, even if we are human beings with all of our humanity, and we're not angels, we're not acting like angels, in that aspect within which we are human through the prism of Shabbos, Shabbos is Malchus, is that we're here to crown Hashem King in a way that the angels never could, therein lies the capacity for us to find comfort with our humanity. That it's L'chatchila and not B'dieved. That this experience of being a human being is, is quite literally the apple of Hashem's eye, is His ultimate objective desire. And that's why Noah, Matzachim Be'ini Hashem, Noah, it's so comforting to find grace in the eyes of God, to know that we're okay. When is the ultimate extent of that truth revealed? On Shabbos. Because on Shabbos, Shabbos, again, connected to the concept of Malchus, of kingship, Shabbos tells us that as human beings, with our humanity and those parts in our lives that are not angelic, we're uniquely positioned to crown Hashem as king over, over the world and over our lives. This is the this is the this is the Berdichva. This is what Shabbos is, what Shabbos represents. Let's move into the next piece. Let's try to move a little bit more quickly. So here we get to that Pasik that we started with. That the that the Balaturim tells us by Yavarich Elikim shows up three two two other times, one by Noyach and one by Yitzchak. What's revealed in the holy works. Even though it's true, man is down on this world. 
al yedei ma'isav through his actions. If we do this world right, you can have your feet on the floor, and you can mamish. You could you could not be living on on Hendon Way and and uh, on these streets of it. You could you could be you could be going to the cleaners. Thank you for reminding me to pick up my cleaners for Shabbos. Thank you. Uh, you could be going to the cleaners. You could be you could be dropping your kid off at school. You could be doing this. You could be doing that. And literally, you know, you're the same human being like all the other human beings. You're simply not here, because on the level of your soul and in your mind. The depth that you're connected to within all those experiences allows you to be literally, I mean, you're living in, in the higher realm, living in the Dare Mala, in the higher realm. Even though you're here, like the ladder of Yaakov Avinu, Sula Mutzav Arza, it's rooted on the floor of a Rosh That's the job of a Jew. Don't get caught up in this world. We're here, sir, to elevate, not to, not to allow ourselves to get dragged down into the apparent mundanity of day-to-day existence. And this is specifically true about Shabbos. The greatness and the holiness of Shabbos is so incredibly vast. That Shabbos allows a Jew to connect to a very elevated part of his being, to a very holy part of him. On Shabbos, a person connects to his, to his root. Now, through the lens of the p- teaching that we just learned, we could understand this on a much deeper level. Shabbos allows us to connect to our root because the root of a thing is the premise for the thing. It's the purpose for this thing. Shabbos embodies our purpose. So on Shabbos, we can connect to the ultimate, ultimate purpose for which all of creation was brought into being to serve as a stage upon which man treads. What's our place in all of this? Is to recognize that there's more to life than what meets the eye. Shabbos clears the fog and allows us to connect directly to our purpose, to our essence in Kedusha, to Hashem's desire for us that transcends us being deserving. Because by very dint of Hashem needing humans in its ideal setting, Hashem needs people that are people. Not that we should go and try specifically to express our humanity by failing on purpose. We don't have to do that. Life is life. Is life. life is life. Because we're at the end of the day, we're humans. And this, says the Bredichavah, which means that on Shabbos, Hashem rested from all the work that He created in the six days of the week. But He says the word Shabbos can mean to stop, to cease, to rest but it could also mean to return. Shavas, shav, is to return, like tashev, like, like, like tshuva. It's also Malashan Shavas, to return. Says the Bredichever, Shavas who Malashan Chazar, Shavas means to return, to go home. Mikol malach dayasher bara elikim lasais. Lasais daika. Shegam malach hasher bara ba'olam asiyadu adam. That even man on Shabbos, Shabbos gives us the ability to go home, to go to connect to the root and the core of our identity. So let's see how he reads the pasuk. Kivoy Shabbos on Shabbos, Kivoy on Shabbos, Shabbos. Man is able to escape. From all the the doldrums of of the Olam Asiyah, we're refocused to our core mission, to our identity. What are we here for? What is this whole thing about? Kivoy Shabbos. On Shabbos, we, we return. 
Amazing. From the Olam HaAsiyah. Shebara ba'olam HaAsiyah duhu ha'adam b'shabes choyzer la'olam HaSalyanim. We go back. B'machshavti mirag b'hiris for Kedusha Shabbos because the Kedusha of Shabbos is so incredibly vast. One final piece from the Agar Dekala from the Bnei Saskar and then we'll try to tie it together. B'siyat HaDashmayin. Open it up to questions, comments, conversation further with Hashem's help and then we have to sing. We absolutely need to sing. After terror like this, you can't do anything else. can't help yourself. Okay. Says the Bnei Saskar. Vayivarech elikim. Same Pasuk. And Hashem blessed. Hini lefipshutai, in accordance with its simple meaning, tevas bracha, kishe'ina mefurash mahu abracha, if we find the word blessing, but the word blessing is not quantified in any way. What kind of blessing? What's the nature of the blessing? It just says, and he blessed the day. With what? What, what does it mean? He blessed. What is it? Anytime we find the word blessing in and of itself, he says it's a reference to a flood of divine life force that's without any measure. It's without any uh, quantifications. Just Endless, 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 endless blessing. Because there's no qualifying word that comes after it or before it. So it's just, he says, it's endless. Endless. That's what a word bracha means. That's why the Gemara says, true blessing cannot reside or rest on something that's, that's counted. If a person's busy all the time calculating things, really anything in life, growth, Imagine a person, whether you're a teacher or you're a parent or you're a friend, and the whole time you're trying to measure the growth of another person, like in a technical way, point by point, you know, okay, checking this, checking this, it's, not, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Because everything that, that needs to grow needs, needs space. It needs space. Because bracha in its essence comes from a place that's not measured. And the second that we start measuring things and putting limits to things and counting our, our you know, our, whatever it is that we're doing, whether we're trying, you know, whether it's a streak, let's say, that we're trying to, you know, work on something in Avodah Hashem and every day, okay, now I'm counting again obsessively. Let go of it, just be, let it go. Let it go, don't, don't be so calculate, calculate because that means that if you're doing that and if I'm doing that, that means that Be'etzem were cut off from the source of bracha because bracha comes from from Hashem and Hashem is Ein Sof. So it comes from a place without limit. The second that we try to calculate to them, we're we're not connected to that channel anymore. Kivin shenitim b'midavikvul. So it can't be bracha because you already put it into into a limit into a limiting framework. This is also what the Zarakadur says. That above, blessing does not reside on anything other than Elef. Elef means a thousand, but Elef also means Aleph, which is just one. Why? Why is blessing connected to one or a thousand? What's unique about the letter Aleph? Kiminyan ha'alef, choyzer la'alef. One keeps on going back to one in the next category. So first it's one, then it's 10, then it's 100, then it's 1,000, then it's a million. But it's always one million. It, it's always going back in a new set. It always goes back to Aleph. Aleph, of course, is representative of Hashem. Hashem is infinite. That means that anything that we can count, and math is, I think, is just endless. Endless, I can count and count and count and count and count and keep on counting. Anytime that you go 
into a new category of calculation, goes back to the echad, yachad, and yuchad, because you're drawing on infinity. It's our human minds within a framework of space and time that, that are able to count and measure things. It's all an illusion. It's just dividing infinity, right? So keep on going back to Aleph. Keep on going back to Aleph. That's where bracha is, says the Tsar. Vishuv maschalaminim. Okay, and then the next set, ad Aleph, ad until another thousand, another million. Okay, so this is what he says, and this will come to an end with Hashem's help. And the end of this will be the beginning. Be'ezer Hashem, I hope, of, of a strong cohort of Yidin that are, are ready to go into Shabbos with Shabbos in a really, really deep, broad, big way. Big, big way. Be'ezer Hashem. V'zeu v'ayavar echelikim asyeim and he says, this is what Shabbos represents. God blessed Shabbos. Shabbos is the receptacle of blessing. But he says, you know what kind of receptacle for blessing? He says, Shabbos is saturated with bracha. We said, what's bracha? Bracha is endless. That means Shabbos, it may seem to just be 25 hours that you can count on a clock. It's not. It's not. It's an experience of infinity captured in time is Shabbos. Hashem invested this limited time frame with infinite, infinite, infinite blessing. And he says, He says the difference between Shabbos and Sukkot or Shabbos and Chanukah or Shabbos and Shavuos and Shabbos and Yantiv is that the blessing of the Chagim depends on our vessel. How big is our vessel? How much do we prepare for it? How, 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 how much are we, are, we, are we deserving of it? That's the Chagim. Shabbos has nothing to do with this. Shabbos has nothing to do with this. So deep. What a privilege. Shabbos has nothing to do with this. That even if a person doesn't have a vessel on Shabbos, you see where we're going with this. Even if a person has nothing left on Shabbos, he's undeserving. He's not an angel. And he's mamish tasted his humanity from the weed. Since Shabbos is a reference and a revelation of infinity, it transcends deserving or not deserving. It doesn't matter if you have a vessel or not. Shabbos is the revelation of that which transcends deserving. Shabbos is the revelation of that which is rooted in Hashem's ultimate motivation to have the human being who has the capacity to fail. Shabbos holds space for the human. And this is what, what, what the Gemara in Shabbos tells us. Kol HaMeshamer Shabbos, whoever keeps Shabbos, nois ninloi nachla We are gifted with what's called a, a, a boundaryless inheritance. It has no boundary. In, Shabbos is infinite. Havin hadavra, and he says, understand this. Let's attempt to with the last five minutes. Let's tie it together. In the Gemara and Shabbos that we had such a difficulty with, if you'll notice, Yitzchak Avinu's taina in his protection of Am Yisrael 
has very much to do with the lived experience of them being humans. Because he immediately says, well, look, they live under the, content, uh, the contents of time. Now, how much time is there already? Look, they're humans. They're, they're, so they're sleeping half the time, and then they're eating and drinking half the time, and they, they're using the restroom half the time. Well, not half the time. It depends if it, this food over here is in a chanami. So, but they're using the restroom, right? And they're doing human things. They're being humans. With this, Yitzchak protects us. The Balaturim tells us that this word, Vayivarech Elikim, that the Agar Dekala, that the Bnei Hashar tells us is a reference to the capacity for Shabbos to connect with a place within us that's undeserving, that has no vessel, but it makes no difference. That shows up again by Yitzchak Avinu, Vayivarech Elikim, as Yitzchak. And it shows up again by Noyach, by Varech Lekemes Noyach. I believe that these three concepts are mamish bound up one with the other. Noyach is a reference to Shabbos. And Shabbos, like we said, encapsulates this, that. We have the capacity to be Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu, specifically us as human beings, not as angels. And so Shabbos is the time, like we said, that when we lost everything and when we don't feel deserving, but on Shabbos we get to tap into the reality. Like the Bidichavah says, Kivoy Shabbos, we return to our root, and our root is rooted in Hashem's desire for human beings as human beings with the capacity to recognize that there's a God in the world with all of our failings, with all of our mistakes. And that's Noyach. And that's the ultimate of Noyach, Matzachein Be'enei Hashem. Noyach is the Indian of when do we feel true Menucha, which is of course the Menucha of Shabbos, when we're okay in the eyes of Hashem. But Noyach Matzachein Be'enei Hashem. And then that's the Indian of Ayavarech Elikei Bracha being that kind of blessing that's transcendent, that makes no difference whether you have a vessel or not. It's a Nach Lebeli And perhaps this was Yitzchak's Indian. This was, this was Dafka Yitzchak's Indian to come and protect Am Yisrael. This was his Limitzchus to HaKadosh Baruch. He comes to HaKadosh Baruch and he says, when all else fails, when there's nothing left, and that's also Midas Hadin Dafka represents it. There's nothing. It's just, a, it's, it's withholding. It's not, it's not plus. It's, a, it's just, it's undeserving. It's, good. it's just Gevura. Yitzchak Avinu tells HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Sof Kosof, at the end of the day, he says to Hashem, you created human beings. You created human beings. You created human beings who live in a world of Asiya, the world of creation, which is why he makes reference to Nasa Vinishma. Only they are Nasa. Only they are the ones that live in the world of Asiya, the world of creation. They're my children, they're not your, your children. You're not their Av. What's an Av? Av is Milosh and Ratzon, to desire. You didn't desire them. They're not the manifestation of your ultimate desire. You're not their Av. And with this, Yitzchak Avinu is mugging David. We can call it mugging Yitzchak almost. With this, Yitzchak Avinu protects us that even when it looks like we have nothing left, by dint of our being human, eating, sleeping, we are uniquely positioned to do something for Hashem, even in our undeserving moment, just by the very nature of our being here, that none of the angels can do for Hashem. And with this, we'll close. I just was always wondering, okay, very nice. But what's this Gemara doing in Shabbos? Could be in any Masechta. This Gemara is Dafka and Shabbos. Because this, Hevra, this is the secret of Shabbos. Shabbos holds space for us. Shabbos, the Gemara tells us, even if a person served of a Dezara, like the Dar of Enosh, 
keeps Shabbos, it's forgiven, wiped away. Because Shabbos absolves that. Shabbos justifies our difficulty, our struggle. Shabbos is a place where we can feel comfortable coming in with all of us, which, like I mentioned very much in Shirim, a lot of times, that's why Shlomo Kadlach says, that's why Shabbos we see by Boy B'Shalem, everybody turns around to face the back. So on one level, on the Pashup Shabbat, the reason that we do that is, of course, because that's where the sun is setting. And so we're greeting Shabbos, as it were. That's where Shabbos is coming in, because that's where the, 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 the night is coming, right, as the sun sets. But Shlomo says the deepest thing. He says, if you go to a president, a prime minister, a king, a queen, Allah Shalom, you go to you go to a a, a a a dignitary, and you came from the airport, you can't bring your bags in with you. You stop by the airport, you know the hotel first. You leave your baggage, and then you go and you you, you walk in. You don't come in with your carry on, right, or your knapsack. Shlomo says, Shabbos. If you're not coming in with all of your baggage from the week, you don't know what Shabbos is. If you think that you need to come to shul, and in order to come to shul, you have to like cut away a part of yourself and say, okay, and now I'm a ki'ilu, like I'm pretending to be, you know, like a, if you don't come in with your humanity, with your weak, with all the struggles and the difficulties and the failures and the challenges and the anxieties and the lack of belief and, and, the, and the lower moments, if, if you don't realize that Shabbos accommodates that and holds space for that, says we're not really connecting with the ultimate, endless, cleanless, uh, un undeserving nature of, of Shabbos. So he says the first thing we do, he says we turn around to see, is there anything I'm leaving in the week? Is there anything I've left behind? That's the kavana when you turn around by Bayi Bishalom, a new kavana. Friday night you turn around and say, am I ready to bring all of me into Shabbos? Do I realize that Yiddishkeit has space for all of me as a human being? And therefore, can I look in the eyes of Hashem and realize right now I'm justified and then build on that? Hashem should bless us that we should have this strong core foundation tattooed into the deepest, deepest core of our heart and thereby have a healthy foundation upon which to build a life of truth sitkas, of objective rectitude of really trying to walk in the ways of 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 Nayak Esalikim Hesalik Nayak, Nayak Ish Sadik, Tamim Hayabidaroisa Bezra Shemishbizaicha, Siatrishmaya, Lachaim Lavracha. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining. Thank you guys so much on the Zoom. I hope it was clear and it was a big idea. We needed more time, but thank you guys so much for joining. Kaltov, have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos to all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Khevra. Thank you so much. Okay, Ashrainu, thank you guys. Ah, Shane, any, any, any questions, additions, comments? How is it that Shabbat?